As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping... Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Today, Limited my spots are available. Bear, brother, Rosnick, your and wife and kids are waiting before. for you to step he up and so lead them. Good. Brother, wake up. So Move. ferocious as a man in telling the truth and getting honest that we had him back. Here he is today, Bear, Bear Wozniak. If you want to learn about him, his bio, his professional achievements, go look him up, man. The guy's a badass. But you know what? He and I are just going to have a conversation with UBC Nation today. You can listen in. We're talking about manliness. His 12 rules for manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? Society has traded the cowboys for cowards. Why didn't you tell me that before I published my book? I could have stolen that from you. You, could, you didn't ask, bro. You got to ask for what you want. Part of being a man, we don't want to ask for help. Right? All right. So let's get into it. Bear, like, first off, like, straight into it, dude. Like, most of us men, we go through life, and life just throws adversity at us, right? We have our, just like you're a surfer, professional surfer. All right. So you got waves on the ocean. We got the highs. You're riding the wave. You're you're, you're high in life, man. You're flying through the air. The breeze, there's nothing like it. You feel powerful. You are, you're in flow. And you're at the top of your game. And then the wave does what it does. It goes down. And you hit the bottom. And sometimes you take a spill and it hurts. And, you know, I grew up on Long Island. And we would body surf a lot. And... We wait for those big waves at Smith Point Beach to crash us on the dirt, on the shore, on the sand. And literally, it just dropped us to sand. Smash! Yeah, and that sand up there is hard. It's hard. And it's it was like... Hawaiian sand. Yeah, yeah, you're getting thrown on the rocks, right? And we loved it. 
we're boys. Back when boys were more manly than men today. Back when your bones were a little bit softer. Yeah, exactly, right? We could take it. We get up bruised and scraped and bleeding. We're like, that was amazing. Let's go again. But here's here's the thing. You know, as men, when adversity comes in our life, we don't have a standard or a code that we use to measure where we are, Mm. how we're doing. And this is the first chapter in your new book is a man's got to have a creed, a code to live by. What does that mean to you? Tell us more. I just want to talk about body surfing. No, I, I just remember in those days, too. I remember spring break in high school in Santa Cruz and getting all that topsy-turvy twisted around. And I slant my face, went right into the sand. And I thought, you know, and I, then I go to school with a streak right down the middle of my face. That's that's eventually scarred. But, yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's one of my great famous uh, favorite authors is Louis L'Amour. Uh, he was a great Western author, just a great author. And I've read when I'm back in my the day when I was traveling, I started on the West Coast to fly the East Coast almost every Monday. I was a commercial banker. And I just remember uh, reading Louis L'Amour Westerns. And I have 105 of them, leather bound books back behind me. I, you can kind of see them down at the bottom back there. And his men were always virtuous. And the women were always very strong, by the way, too, although they would find themselves in a vulnerable place sometimes. And the men, uh, the cowboy would come riding in to save the day. But uh but his men all lived by a code. And so what, a lot of the Westerns were built based on his books. And there's a quote of John Wayne that basically says a man's got to have a creed, a code he can live by. No matter the job is one of the things is, is, is the finishing of the line. Well, to me, a creed defines what your your telos, your personal purpose, your your mission in life is as, as a, 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 a commonality with humans and all men. We have a, this purpose to. To, well, as the old Baltimore Catechism said, to know, love, and serve God in this world, or just, or to love God back. Uh, but then, what is your? But God infused you with a unique, spiritual, rational soul at the moment of your conception. Your mom and dad provide the DNA, but God infused this very unique personhood to you. This, this, this mind, this will, this emotion, this personality, these desires. To find out who that is, and so my personal creed. A creed is a one or two sentences. A code is how you live that out. So like the Marines have Semper Fi, but then they have the code. And as a Benedictine Oblate, I live by the rules of St. Benedict. But for me, um, my personal creed is this, this. The most radical quest a man can pursue is to uh, abandon himself to the wild adventure of God's will. And that defines, I think it's, it's valid for everyone, but it's specifically super valid for me. My radio show is called The Bear Wozniak Adventure, and the reason why is because everybody's on an adventure. And, uh, and, and a lot of adventure, Louis L'Amour said this, is, is just our romantic way of talking about all the hell we went through. You know? <laughs> so it's turning this adversity into an adventure. And it's through resistance training that we become strong. You know, lately I've been focusing on cardio and, and swimming uh, but it, it, because of a, a, a process I was going, you know, a healing process I had to go through. But now I'm going back to my strength training, which for me is stand-up paddle surfing. It's the most powerful overall resistance training I've ever had in my life. So, so, so this this creed that I live by, to to abandon myself to the wild adventure of God's will, is basically saying I know that when I'm in God's will, I'm where the adventure is. And then my code is these rules, these 12 rules of, for manliness. They're just some of my code. Every man should develop how he's going to live his life. Cowboys were really cool because, dude, they, you know, when a situation came up, it didn't take them. They didn't have to ponder what they should do or not do. And they weren't very clever. You know, uh, pursuing the true good, which is the, the, the charioteer of the virtues, prudence, is easy if you know the standard you live by. So a man uh, uh, like that isn't quick to fight. You know, he's, he's not looking for a fight. But if a fight comes to him or if there's a fight, a battle that's presented to him, he knows what side to be on and he does it. It, 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 isn't, it isn't a difficult thing. He, he can do that with ease. So to clarify who you are and how what rules you will live by, for example, one of the rules is, is um, writing for the brand, for example. So to know what you live for, what, how you're going to live that out, it makes life simpler. Not easy. Not it's it makes life challenging, 
but there's a certain ease about a man that knows where he stands and what he stands for. All right. So tell us more about that, right? Writing for the brand. Like, what does that mean? Well, right now I know, I know for me personally, I have this, you know, my website, deepadventure.com. I have this, the man cave in the school of manliness. So the men come and they become part of our non-Facebook community and we have Zoom meetups. And, and then we go through this 12, this two and a half year curriculum on manliness. Well, a lot of the men that join, uh, we've come to, as we converse with each other, several of them have become, uh, have, have had to become, in a, a sense, a white martyr because at work, someone may say, well, we need for you to be part of the pride committee this week, this year. And when he says no and tells them why, they don't fire him. But that's the end of his promotions, right? And so there's a certain white martyrdom that God is calling us to. And writing for the brand is just saying, is you know, a brand is 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 something. I think about the early Christians. Their brand was that fish. You know, they would draw that half fish, and the other one draw the other one, or the cross. Uh, when I had my cabin up in Montana, uh, the, it was really cool. The ranches there all have these big log posts on either side of the entrance. And the log across the top with the name of the brand, with the name of the branch, and then there's its brand. Their brand is branded on that log, and so um, to ride for the brand is to say people should know who you who you stay who you're with. Who do you ride for? Are you do you ride if you if you ride for the Lord? People kind of ought to know it. There ought to be you know just a simple example. I'm out golfing the other day, and there's a man there uh, that golfs in this tournament that I I'm a really bad golfer by the way. Don't get the wrong, wrong impression, but. He likes to talk badly about women and disrespect them. And he likes to use Jesus Christ as a cuss word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, when, when he ended up being in my, my, my foursome, when he would use Christ's name in vain, I would always just say um, the only name by which man can be saved. And then when he would disrespect women, I would just say, you know, I know you're a better man than that. Let's not talk about women like that. So it wasn't like I was, crushing him you know or there i remember golfing with these two young guys and they're playing that gangster rap some of it that's so disrespectful to women and i just asked them is that is that music you feel like that does harm to your soul and they're like no man it's just just our music brah you know but the next the next because we golf together once a month the next time we went out the guy says i want you to know you're really right about that and i've changed i've changed what kind of music it's not and i would i would say i you know I, when I when I challenge a man like that, I'll say, I know that doesn't seem like that would be your style. Like you're a better man than that. So I'm raising their dignity, but pointing out that flaw. You know, and I know you have brothers like that do that for you. And I do yeah. too in my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. So I get ride for the brand. Now, the next uh, one I want to bring up here is one that really hits home for me. Uh, in two ways, right? One, it's part of my code is to always be my word in the matter. Mm. Mm. In every matter, right? Always show up as my word. I am my word. My word is me. There is no separation. So I am very slow to what I say yes to nowadays because when I do say yes, it's as good as complete. You can trust me. It's going to get done or I will be there if I say I will be there. Mm. And I don't take that lightly. However, I live in a world full of liars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And men, so many men I respect, good men too, just lie. And they hand out their word like a deck of cards. And I believe it this way. Every time you give your word or commitment to somebody, you hand them a card from your deck. And when you honor your word and complete what you say you're going to do, you get that card back in your deck and you remain whole and complete as a man. Well said. Well said, dude. But when you break your word, you lose that card forever. Unless you go and make it right and make amends and repent. And then you can get that card back. But most men don't. And they're just handing out their word, their their cards all over the place. And they wonder why they feel so incomplete, so broken, so empty, so miserable. 
It's you're no longer whole and complete because you're not whole and complete in your word. So what does it mean for you to be a man of your word? Well, I'll just say ditto and we go to the next one. No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it's also true that I I remember I had this friend of mine. I won't call him by name, but, but but his name is Bobby, let's say. Okay, that's his real name. But he was notorious for being a liar. He was a world-class surfer, famous surfer. It was very interesting because wherever I went, whenever he introduced me to a new friend, he would go, this is Bear Wozniak. He never lies. He always tells the truth. Isn't that interesting that he would make a point to say that? But this guy became notorious. In fact, there's bumper stickers on the other island over here that says, honk if Bobby owes you money. (laughs) It, but the thing about it is he would lie when he didn't even need to. I mean, it, there was there's no, it didn't, it just was just, in it, it was so ingrained. And so there's only one way to be truthful. And that is just to, to always tell the truth. But here's the biggest lie of all. When a ba- man doesn't speak what needs to be spoken to the person it needs to be said to at the moment it needs to be said. The biggest, one of the biggest lies a man can do is to just acquiesce, just to let things go. If someone's wronged you, why do you talk to your friends about it? Go talk to that person. You know, there's a there's a code in prisons, you know. And one of and one of them is basically you got to carry your own, you know what. And so when and so the there is if you do something wrong, you better own up to it and go to the person you wronged and, and make it right. You can't go go and talk to all of his buddies or your friends about it. You make it right. I was sitting here having coffee about a, a year ago, and this guy laid out that while I was writing my book, he laid out the the code in prison. So, so we need to, we need to, uh, to let our word be spoken to the person needs to be spoken to when it needs to be said and not just kind of let things slide. And another thing about keeping your word is check this out. If you're a man and you make a promise to a kid, you better keep it, you know, making a promise to a kid and not following through is about the worst thing you could do. So making a promise to you, making you know, I'm going to take you to football practice and you don't take it because it seems like other things become more urgent. Well, if you let the anarchy of the urgent like that take priority over the important, like spending time that with your kids that can be kind of easy. If you put that off and put that off, eventually it can, can become a big problem. So and I like what you said, you know, the whole universe was created by the word, you know, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. So the spoken word. Is, is very important, but also you, it, it's the word that you're taking. If you're going to be a man of your word, be a man of the word. So what are you, what are you meditating on? You know, the, there's, there's two places in scripture where the word success is mentioned. I believe it's in Psalm one and in Joshua one. And in both places, it says, if you meditate in, in, in Joshua, it says, you know, meditate on God's word and success will attend all that you do. So if you're taking in truth, not only uh, in the written word, uh, of scripture or or well-written you know content like that but taking in the word of god himself and making him your friend then your word has power and words have power i know my my mom used to say you know when you throw out a seed it grows back 20 fold 30 fold 100 fold uh, same thing with same with same with uh the the words that you speak to yourself what you say to yourself bears fruit and it can and it can be negative weeds or it can be something positive. And so in my family, in my in my youth, uh, my dad was a uh, you know champion uh, basketball coach and uh, just a really great man. He eventually became a Catholic deacon. But my mother and father, uh, when I in high school, they made a statement: we will not have any negative affirmations in our home. You don't complain. You don't say you can't. You don't say. In my vocabulary, the word "try" doesn't exist. Either do or don't do it. And so we were really good at saying someone complaining or something. You could sit down and have a real conversation, but a whiner or some, my mother says she hated wet noodles. It's like there's a wet noodle and you push against it and it just curls up on itself. It has no substance. So being a man of your word uh, and a man of the word is part of my code. Powerful. You know, being a man also has gotten a bad rap nowadays, especially if... A man stands for something, right? He's got a a backbone, a spine, and he speaks truth when truth is needed, when he stands up as light in the darkness, and the darkness hates the light and attacks it. What does it mean to be dangerous, to make a stand 
as I call it, to be a dangerous gentleman. Hmm. Um, well, there's a there's a statement by John Wayne that you kind of remind reminded me of. I think it's taken from Lewis Lamore too. It says to be a man, you first have to to be a gentleman. First, have to be a man, right? Right in that word, gentleman is the word man. And so, first you have to be first you have to be a man. And I think there's there's three levels of danger. There's there's the level of physical danger that a man needs to be able to fight. There's being able to just make, I mean, physically fight. Then there's the then there's the standing up for a cause, and then there's also spiritual warfare. But at the basic, to go through that those, I think every man needs to know how to physically fight, and he needs to have a certain amount of awareness of danger, right? And have a plan thought out about if there's a home invasion or a car invasion, or how do you how do you walk down a street? Where do you sit in a in a restaurant? I was talking with Doug Barry a couple of days ago, and, and teasing, reminding him how we went to go the first time we went to have have get lunch or breakfast together uh we both kind of battled for the alpha chair it wasn't really a battle it was just that we were both aware that there's a place you sit where you have the where you're able to see uh, any danger coming but now when i'm with doug i know that he's got my back i've got his back but uh when cindy and i walk down the streets in waikiki um or any any street um there's a certain way we walk you know i make sure that if there's a person that doesn't look good that she'll just naturally just dance she walks to the other side of me and and i'll say and, and i'll say look behind me so she'll take a look at me like she loves me she's just checking out to see what happened to that thug as we're walking by so there's that kind of awareness but a man actually should know how to physically fight everybody has a different way of doing that a different nature of doing that but one of the questions i ask men as soon as they join the man cave is could you last two minutes in a fight because most fights most men can't last 30 seconds as far as endurance. You should know how to throw a jab, punch, hook, uppercut, front snap kick, heel kick, side kick. You might want to know how to block a few punches because if you can just parry a few punches away, uh, you can outlast someone long enough. And then do, I think what Elon Musk did lately, one of my favorite moves was the walrus, you know, where you just lay on someone and suffocate them. You know, you, they can't breathe. But each man should know how to physically fight and have a plan. For some people, that means carrying a weapon of some sort um or or having access to one so that's part of it is being spatially aware of danger and of course the number one weapon is just not to be there right very important but then there's this area of making a stand in society for example in the the pro here, here's a here's an example of a dangerous man um someone that you know is pregnant uh not because of you maybe you're uh, a niece or someone that you know, are you willing to make, are you willing to stand with her and help her through that process? Because most women wouldn't have an abortion if there was a strong man who would stand by that. Are you dangerous enough to stand by that woman? I know several men have done this until that child can be put up for adoption or the woman, or the woman, um, uh, you know, uh, decides to keep the child. Um, another, another way of being dangerous, a real important way is just flat out spiritual warfare. Um, do you do you know do you do you have the gift of discernment? Can you smell a rat? When in you're in a situation, can you sense when there's a demon present? You know, are you are you uh, are you aware of the spiritual realm? Or do you have a? Now, I, as an evangelist, I've had this happen on occasion, where I'll lead someone to that initial conversion, and a demon will actually cry out, and a little bit of I would call it a minor deliverance has to take place, but. But are, are you aware uh, of praying over your family? Do you have holy water as you enter your, your, your home? Uh, are you, under, you understand basically that Satan is a liar and he's a punk and he, he's a rebel? Are you yourself a rebel? Are you inviting rebellion into your home by being a rebel? Do you, are you submitted to the teachings of the church? Do you go to, do you attend mass? You know, uh, how about who you work for? So this whole realm of, 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 of being dangerous goes from the spiritual to the to the moral and and then to actually getting down can you throw can you throw a punch can you can you defend because you know the passive passiveness uh G jesus wasn't a pacifist he took a whip out and he knew how to use it you know whip can hurt you the person he's using if you know how to use it you know and so to be able to a man needs to be willing to fight for himself even if his Yeah, you know, people ask me when I was filming my TV series, Long Ride Home, uh, 
it's airing, by the way, the newest season is airing right now on EWTN. They would ask me, when you're writing like that, do you experience spiritual resistance? Do you, do you, do you come under spiritual attack? And, uh, and as you know, we just had a, we just, right as we were talking about spiritual warfare, the, the, the system went down, which is the second time, right when I'm speaking about that in the last week that that's happened. <laughs> but um, what I tell them is, no, we don't experience spiritual attack because we're on the attack. And we may face resistance, right? But we're on the attack. There's that, that, that great verse that says, um, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, gates don't attack people. We're on the attack. Jesus came as an invader. And wherever his kingdom is, you know, when he said, when he said those great words, thy will be done, when he taught us the Our Father, and he said that on, on, Mount, on the Mount of Olives, uh, that is wherever God's will is being done, that's his kingdom. So you can be part of the kingdom, the kingdom on earth right now. So, yeah, we're going to, we face, we're on the attack, and sometimes we face resistance, but we should always be on the attack. There's, there's a great general. There's a great general. I love reading Warren Carroll. I don't know if you ever read his seven volumes set on the history of Christendom. And in there, there was a, it talks about a Spanish general during the time of the, the Saracens were invading from Morocco, coming up north into Spain. And he was one of the last holdouts. And he was up in those mountains up near, uh, up near the northwest corner of Spain. And they say he was so battle scarred, uh, just scars everywhere, but only on the front of him. So he never turned his back and ran. He was always on the attack. I, I wished I could have, you know, I, I always underline everything I read. So I go back and find what I want. But then I find out I'd underline everything. So I can't find that guy's name. But yeah, we want to be on the attack. Men need to be on the attack. It's powerful for sure. I mean, we just had it today in our men's group. I've, you know, had these things, this resistance the past few days with close friendships. All of a sudden the enemy speaking through that person and there was verbal, you know, a cost to my identity just out of the blue, mm. like just nowhere. It came from nowhere. You're like, and I'm, I look at the guy and I'm like, dude, this is so outside of your values to speak to me this way after everything we've been through, like what's going on. You must really be hurting. And that's mm. what I found is when a man is down and he's not fighting the enemy and fighting back and taking a stand, the enemy will use him as a perpetrator against another man who is in his power because he's weak. He's a weak target. And sometimes the enemy will use our close, the people closest to us to be his mouthpiece, to attack our identity as sons of God, the father, right? And this is like, it's important to understand the tactics of the enemy, but I also say it, you know, and, and I think you brought it up well, is that when the enemy starts to, air quotes, attack us through the people closest to us, and all of a sudden you're being bombarded left, right, and center, and you're like, what the heck is going on? This isn't even, like, warranted. I was just minding my own over here. That is a tell of the enemy that he is threatened by you, that what you're doing is harming his kingdom this is not not a time to be discouraged or to act defeated or retreat now is the time to attack aggressively the enemy because he showed that he's wounded so this just happened to me and i'll tell you bear it convicted me like okay i am on track the enemy is hurt let's go like we're chasing him now all right let's move forward here because I want to talk about fitness, mm. fitness, right? I live in the United States. A lot of our listeners are overseas. You're still in Hawaii. Yes. And beautiful waves coming in from the South, by the way, right now. Looking oh, I so want to be on the beach right there yeah. with you, man. Let's yeah, go. Me too. Listen, here in America, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but here in America, the dad bod has taken over men and our men have grown physically soft because they're not doing hard things anymore. They're not disciplined anymore. They're not fighting battles anymore. The biggest battle they fight is against, you know, do I eat the fifth donut? 
And, and, and we've just grown soft. And, and because of it, and I know for myself, and I shared this before we started, was I went through legitimate medical issue, issues about five months ago or so. And it's been going on for a long time. But I, I couldn't work out, so I became undisciplined in my body, my eating. And I just got knocked down, knocked out of power, and I was weak. And all of a sudden, I start slipping in all areas of my life because my fitness slipped. So you have a chapter in your new book called Lean and Mean, Fitness to Witness. What do you mean by this? Why is this well, important? Yeah. Well, this book, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? It's really like a brother would speak to a brother or a father to her son. It's kind of like women can read it and probably have more women read it than men, actually, but because they like to look in and say, what, what are men really all about? They don't realize how simple we are. But this is something, this is just basic things that dad would say to a son or a brother to a brother. You need to be fit. I, I, I had a friend come out here recently, just a little while ago. Um, well, let me just put it this way. I walk down the street here in Waikiki, and I see guys wearing you know football jerseys because they come from all over the United States here, right? And the guys are big and fat and out of shape. They're letting their football team do their battles for them. You know, they're not. And so, and and a lot of people, I, I want to go learn how to surf, but, you know, I, I'm not in shape enough to even to, to go out in the water. And so I look at these and I, and I seen enough, I, I walk along Waikiki now and I'll see places where my friends used to sit or where they would work or where they would paddle out. Um, and little by little, some of them are just not surfing anymore. They're just, just, they're just, they're taking the easy way out. And when men join my, my man cave, I'll say, you need to get in shape. And men will lose 30, 40, 60, 80, 100, more than 100 pounds uh, if they stay with us. But um, they go, well, I need motivation. Well, how about that you're going to be a huge burden to your family if you don't get in shape? How about you're not going to get to see your grandchildren? How about that your uh, your uh, your life becomes really small, the less, the less physically conditioned you are the smaller your life becomes and you know this because you just went through that and my wife just went through a surgery she's been recovering from it now but she's an athlete and her life just got really small for the last few weeks so so being physically fit is is an is is a way of working virtue into our life from the outside in i remember when i was training for my 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 black belts we used to do assisted push-ups i don't that's what we used to call them where someone pushes down on your back while you're trying to do stuff like they're helping you get stronger. And I remember when I pedaled my bicycle across the United States, um, I did that one pedal stroke at a time. You know, when I paddled my surfboard across the Molokai channel here, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's a 30 mile, one of the most gnarly channels in the world. And the day I did it, it was extremely gnarly. Um, it was one paddle stroke at a time. So it had very little to do with, physical it had everything to do with the active will and so fitness is a way to build virtue from the outside in you know these old uh these old martial arts movies where the guy would go away to a buddhist temple and they would uh, you know and they would just fight 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 train but it would somehow they translated that into becoming more virtuous as a person because you're training in discipline so i know that to be true that um when you set physical goals like i have definite physical goals every day uh and every year i haven't done it lately because i just keep doing what i'm doing well I, I do i set some new physical adventure for myself every year this year it was learning getting my certification as a sailor you know to sail but i know my goal every day is to burn at least 3500 calories and i know if i do that i probably be pretty physically fit i know that my goal as a man is to is to push away carbs sugar carbs that are when I get above 27 grams, you know, and, and I don't count calories. I count, I count calories that I'm burning. I don't count calories coming in. I just count the number of sugar carbs. Cause when you get rid of these sugar carbs, you're not hungry. You don't, your, your hunger comes from a different place of, of really being hungry. So I, I do flexibility training. You can kind of see back down there, my, my Pilates reformer. I do, I make sure I hydrate. I really work hard at trying to get my sleep in, which is hard for me. I have to really force myself to go back to sleep in the morning because I want to get up and work or work out. But but having all all areas of your of your physical fitness is saying, thank you, God, for my body. You know, I've had people that uh, on my, when we're filming Long Ride Home, our film crew couldn't do their job because they weren't fit enough to keep up with us, to keep up with us, you know. And so 
fit, fitness is is a critical realm and, and and our body is a gift from god we know that because jesus himself became incarnate took on our body if you want to show someone who was ripped it's probably jesus and joseph and the apostles man they they, they went they, they walked the roman roads man so um you know jesus probably worked with rock more than with wood he really wasn't a carpenter he's a techno if you go to israel you know there's no wood there's only one wood house there it's the prime ministers um so he so there's a there's a beautiful statue there in Jerusalem uh, based on the Shroud of Turin, you know, because it's a three-dimensional image. And in this image, you see his wounds and you see all these things, but you see that he, you see muscle. You see he was ripped. So uh, we as men, we as men uh, need to be physically fit to perform the, the mission that God's given us. And besides that, it's, you know, I like to watch lately on these little YouTube videos, there's these people that are doing all these different kinds of dances. And I just look what the human body can do, you know, and as a as a pro surfer, I left my I left my wife in tandem. So that's what I won my world titles and all these different extreme things she does up there in the air, standing in my hands or doing these beautiful arches or handstands in my arms. And all I do is raise my arm, you know, and surf. She does all these extreme things. And I got to think God takes great delight in those dances on YouTube and and that that sort of thing that Cindy does when I lift her. He must take great delight in how he made the human body and how when we activate that, it's it's a way of thanking him for the way he made us, you know. If you body don't mind me if you don't mind me asking, because I want to take away a lot of men's excuses right now that say I'm too old for this. Mm. How, what's your age right now? Uh okay, so I'm gonna predicate it by saying this. I still do my fifty miles every week of of sand and swim sand and swim. I tan to surf with my wife at least every week. I'm, I stand up paddle surf. And when I do that, my heart rate goes up above 150 for at least an hour and a half. It stays up there because I'm paddling into waves, paddling out through waves. And tomorrow I turn 70. 70, 70. Right, right. And But but when I go to, you know, I see people my age, my whole life, I, I remember coming three years out of college and seeing my friends from my football team fat and out of shape. And I go, I'm going to be an athlete my whole life. I made that decision. And I've been very good. I've had great sponsors who've provided me with really great supplements on it. You know, Joe Rogan's company over the years has been my sponsor. I was one of their original goats, I guess they say. But um, I've, I watch what I eat and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I train. And my wife is a great cook. And I do, and I do all that. And so I don't feel – I feel um, – I'm having to work harder at it, but I'm 70 years old and I'm still, I'm still competing and winning contests, you know? So yeah. Uh, but if someone is to the point now where they've let themselves go, uh, there gets to be a point where, where you, you can't come back from it. You're, you've ruined your joints. You, but I always tell people, and you know, this is true from what you just went through. It comes a time when you've been knocked down, right? Every athlete gets knocked down a lot. There comes a point where you have to say, I need to get, fit enough so that I, I need to get in good enough shape so that I can get in shape. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was training for my first Ninja Black Belt. It was a six-month test up in the mountains and all kinds of crazy stuff we did. But my my sensei said, I, I want you to start running the mountains. But every day, just run one rock further. So if you're a man and you're totally out of shape, get up and walk to the next telephone pole and the next day walk between that telephone pole, and the next telephone pole or, or one block. But, um, just do, uh, you can, we used to say in the martial arts, you can do one more of anything. So I go by that thing of the one more paddle stroke, one more pedal on my bicycle. So you can, you can, uh, as a Ninja black belt, our code, our, our creed is, uh, though my enemy have a sword to my heart, I will prevail. And so our, our, the way we train is that no matter what position I find myself in, I can win from there. I know Coach Prime says, you know, our, this coach for Colorado, who I dig on so much, he says when he was when he was returning the interception, he said you can always find a seam. So find your – if you have just a – man, if you find you have a – you've let yourself go, then just find that one – just begin to do something. And then and then I just tell it's really easy. Just start cutting your sugar carbs down to 25 grams a lesson you won't be you won't be hungry all the time anymore and you get to eat bacon <laughs> it's one of the reasons why ukrainians converted to catholicism you know is bacon back in the year i think it was 600 a.d 
the emperor sent out, Vladimir sent out people to go, should I become a Muslim, a Jew, or a, or a Catholic? And then Muslim and Jews weren't allowed to eat bacon. <laughs> so, one of the main reasons he became Catholic. So, yeah, so 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 start from wherever you are, though. Your enemy holds his hold to your heart. You can win from there. So start winning. And you don't have to lose 100 pounds to win. The minute you say, today I only ate 24 sugar carbs, and I did one more uh, telephone pole walking, and I lifted five-pound weights, uh, the minute you say that, you have won in the realm of virtue. Your soul is healthy. And as we know, virtue is a habit. So the first 30 days and then the first 100 days, and then your body, at first got to kick your body and say, you're going to get up and you're going to go to work out. But after 100 days, your body's going to go, isn't it 10 o'clock? Isn't it time for our, our surf, you know? So do do small things really well. And, man, you can come back from where you are. Wherever you're at, you can get stronger and healthier. BC Nation, as you're listening right now, Bear is, you know, he's taking away our excuses, right? Uh, especially for the men listening right now. And I shared with Bear before we went live here that uh, I've dealt with five herniated discs in my neck. I couldn't even lift my own children. Um, migraine headaches lasting three days throughout the night, just couldn't sleep, right? Like just pretty unbearable, all consuming, couldn't focus at work, just a lot going on and couldn't work out for eight months at the gym. So my muscles became, you know, just lethargic and I lost all my muscle tone. When I finally made the effing decision to stop running from the pain, Mm -hmm. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I get to decide, is this how the rest of my life is going to be? So I stopped and I said, enough, I'm no longer going to run from pain anymore. I'm going to attack pain. I can't stop adversity. I can't stop pain. It's part of life. But I'm going to go on the attack every time it comes at me. And when I made that decision definitively, and then I went to the gym, and I actually, before I went to the gym and got back, I actually did something very adventurous there. I signed up and enrolled for a two-day beat-the-crap-out-of-you man camp up in the mountains, like Special Forces style. Um, And I asked my best buddy, who's a Marine colonel and one of the most elite performing athletes at 52 years old that I know, he outperforms all the 20, 30-year-olds. And I said, I need you to come with me on this this, uh, two-day retreat. Well done. Well done that you know. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do it alone, but I need to do this. And he goes, what about your neck and everything, dude? Like, this is going to be like aggressive, painful exercises. I said, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm tired of running from pain. I'm going to intentionally choose it, mm-hmm. meaning I'm coming after it. And my only goal was to not quit <laughs> over those two days. Right. Just don't quit. Good Just problem. don't quit. Problem, don't quit. Yeah, That's exactly going. it. And it was physically exhausting, painful, but I didn't quit and I made it through. And when I came back from that two days in the mountains, I entered my life in a different way. And this is what we're talking about, gentlemen. And I'm 47 years old and I'm in better shape than most of the guys around me easily at my church, easily. But I had my own secret struggle and it was on the inside. Guys didn't know I was in that much pain. Guys didn't know I couldn't lift my own children because physically I looked okay. Yeah, sure, I had the dad bod going and the the car tire around my midsection. But I didn't want to settle because I wasn't called for that, right? And I I was tired of just feeling powerless all the time. So I leaned into the pain and from the pain, when you intentionally choose it and discipline Mm -hmm. your body, you pull power from it. And, and you need that power. You need to get back into power. And you see right here, uh, Bear, I love uh, it. my brand is Shredded Fathers, right? And we started I this. I, was talking about the, I thought I was talking about the early church fathers. And I finally, oh, I get it. That's yeah. Dads. <laughs> it's for dads, right? And, and here's what's yeah. cool. Here's what's cool. And it, it's just, it's not a promo for it. It's just for like every man listening out there. It's because you brought up Jesus. Like Jesus was shredded. His father, yeah, so Joseph, was shredded. Right. They walked a lot. They worked hard. They did hard things. And as men in society, especially in America, we don't do hard things anymore. 
We're not disciplined anymore. Well, wait, and because, wait, wait, we go get our we go get our Starbucks and our bottled water. Yeah, freaking lattes. Jars. They're carrying jars of water. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it, right? And you know the first thing. Things carved out of rock. They, they're jars. Yes. Of so bear, you got your your man cave right for your program. I got my shredded fathers, and like these are men that have signed up to do life together, and we realize that we are made by God, body, mind, and spirit. We are triune in His image and likeness. Right. We are three parts, and if physically one, if that part, if our physical body is out of shape or undisciplined, it will overflow into our mental toughness it will overflow into our spiritual toughness and before you know it you're slipping like i was and you're no longer a man you're a freaking wet noodle like bear's mother mm. said so appropriately so that's the first thing we take on in shredded fathers we get men physically shredded i had to go first that's that's part of my uh code right. is you go first that's what leadership looks like so i went first and in the first hundred days i I'm almost at a six pack ab. I've never had six pack abs before in my life to find where I could see it. And I'm 47 years old. So like I went first and I am back in my power physically. And guess what happened? After I attacked the pain, you ready? Bear, 80 to 90% of the pain in my neck has disappeared. Wow. Yeah. You know what? So many people, they go to the doctor you got high blood pressure. Let me give you some medicine. Or your heart rate's too high. Let me give you some medicine. And instead, what they need to do is get in shape. And so they've been given a pill, which de depletes them in other areas. Everything you take like that does has its counter effect. And so, too, uh, I'm sorry I kind of jumped on what you were saying. But, yeah, I, the thing we used to say, uh, injury is bad, pain is good. When in martial arts, when we were trained, we, would, we learned to inflict pain without breaking something, you know. But also, um, you know the saying, pain is just weakness. Uh, leaving the body. And I remember my mom, she wrote this little booklet that was on the back of my dad's book to climb the highest mountain. And we, we took an excerpt. We took her little, she had a stroke where she couldn't talk for the last 20 years of her life. She couldn't communicate. But six, she could say short sentences, still totally cognizant and beautiful. Beautiful. Six months before that stroke happened, she said, God told me to write a letter to my grandchildren. And we have that 20 page letter. And one of the things she says is to turn and face the lion fears in your life. Can't run from them. You got to turn and face them. And the more you run from a physical disability or anything in your life, you know, the bigger the giant becomes. There's that there's that place in scripture where it talks about the guy running away from a lion, and he finally gets inside his house and he slams the door and he's leaning up against the wall and there's a poisonous viper above his head. So you can't run from it. You got to face it. And if it's a difficulty whether it's a physical or moral or, 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 or anything else you have to face, you have to face your fears as my mom called them, the lion fears or the challenges in your life. And that those are what make you stronger then, right? Amen to that. I was on painkillers and everything just to survive, just to get through another day of the, of the pain when I was running from it. Right. And I'll say this to every man listening, and this is sharp language, but I'll say it. F medicine, you need discipline. Yeah. Right. You Start don't need there. medicine. You need discipline. Right. And that starts discipline starts with a decision, a definitive decision that your life, you don't want it to look uh, the way it's going anymore. Like you you're can done do with it. Every it. man can do that. Just, every man. Uh, but can I, do I, I mean, I haven't said that. I have a great friend, my neighbor here, Bill. He's a super strong Christian. He fell about 200 feet out of the sky, a uh, hang gliding. His glider collapsed in, in Switzerland. And so he can't survive without painkillers. But having said that, this guy's in the jacuzzi every day. This has been over 25 years now. He rides, he pedals his bicycle, probably hundreds of miles each week. He, he still goes out and surfs and stand-up paddle surfs. And just to get to the surf spot that he and I like to go to, it's about a three-quarter of a mile paddle. And so he, he is, you know, some people are going to need that medication, but he still fights the good fight. He's, he, he, most people would be gone by now. So, so using the best of both worlds, but don't use a medicine as a crutch. Your first thing should be, uh, to to and 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 just make just win that one little battle. It's just a bunch of little battles That's every it. day, you know. And then when I pedal my bicycle across the United States, um, the first three miles were hard. Maybe the first five miles were hard, just to get the blood flowing, you know. So, but after that, uh, the next eighty miles weren't that bad each day, you know. So, so um, 
in your life, it's that it's those first little steps, whether it's prayer, you know, starting, I'm going to go pray. Oh, I just don't feel like, it. but if you start the first Hail Mary or whatever you're praying, then you get the oxygen flowing, you know? So do it. It's really hard when you're out of shape to get in shape, but start, start just with little things. And if you can only walk two blocks or if you can only walk, you know, a half a mile, then do that three times a day. You know? So, so Bear, we have 12 powerful topics in your book, uh, you know, chapters, and we're not getting through all of them by any means. But I'd like to close this out because we're out of time. Close this and out. I got to get on... you on my show, Joe. I got to get you on my show. Please do. I'll yeah. Send you an invite. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, I want to close out with uh, chapter 10, Build Brotherhood. Don't be a mm. lone wolf. And I think, you know, your man cave, um, my shredded fathers, right? These brotherhoods that we've created, safe containers for men to get honest, to tell the truth, to stop battling alone, especially the spiritual battles, to lean on other men, right? To be held accountable, to rise up from their pits, but to do it together, Tell us, tell us about that. And, and I'm going to say this, Shredded Fathers, we have a priest that signed up, ran his credit card and invested, a Catholic priest. And I was like, Why, what brings you here? And he said, man, I'm tired of being out of power. I've lost mm -hmm. my voice as, as a, a priest, as a shepherd. Um, I just feel I just don't have any power. And physically, like I have a dad bod going on. And it's unacceptable. And I said, you know what? I said, in the Bible, shepherds used to fight lions and wolves. Now our spiritual yeah. shepherds, they can't even fight away the, the all-you-could-eat buffet line, man. Mm. This, is, this is what we've turned into. So, like, what a heroic shepherd there. Like, he's leaning into his own darkness, taking it on. And he joined a brotherhood and he said, I've never had anything like this. I've been praying for something like this, a brotherhood like this for like 17 years. So speak mm. to us about building brotherhood, not well, being a lone wolf. Join shredded fathers. Join shredded fathers. Um, you, you know, um, I remember uh, about 12 years ago, a bunch of, four, four of my friends. Uh, you got to have a, a brotherhood. And it can be like a formal group like that man is you or Exodus 90 or something that you form yourself. But I remember we just started texting each other every day. I got my 60 minutes of, of workout in, and I got my 60 minutes of Bible study and prayer. In. That was basically, that's what basically what we called it is we would, and then, but we, then we would, that text became something that we would pray with each other and talk about things going on. But we're very careful in our, in our relationship uh, that we keep focused, not on, on, on opinions and opinion, being opinionated about things, but we're doers, not, not, not just talkers, you know, so, so brotherhood is very important. When I had my cabin up in Montana, when I first was two miles from Canada, one mile from Glacier Park on the North Fork of the Flathead River, very rugged country, dirt road only, no electricity within 40 miles of where my, 30 miles of where my cabin was. Um, and it wasn't a cabin, it was just raw land. And I remember when I first walked on my, my 10 acres there uh, uh, on, the, on this ridge line, uh, across this little meadow, there was a wolf. And it was letting me know that this wasn't my land after all. It was his land. <laughs> he had those, you could see from across, he had those yellow eyes, you know, those crazy eyes. And, but he looked angry, but he didn't look, he looked uh, a little bit scrawny. You know, he was menacing, of course. I mean, a, a wolf, a gray wolf is a big animal. It's a big animal. It's bigger than, a, I don't know if there's a dog as big as a, as a wolf like that, but but I would see that wolf on, on his land from time to time as I was building my cabin. I just kind of a little, just a little one room cabin I was building with two of my sons and my daughter help from time to time. But at one point uh, I heard someone outside my cabin, which I never saw anybody on my land during the whole time I was there, unless I knew that I, I knew them or invited them. But uh, this guy was walking along that ridge line and I went out and, talked with him and he said yeah i'm a i'm a tracker for the montana uh university in, in missoula i'm tracking predators and i asked him well uh do you know about this wolf and he goes oh yeah i know that wolf i've got I'm tracking him that's a lone wolf and he said i said what well, it looks angry and it looks a little bit gaunt and he goes well that's that's a former alpha male who was forced out of the pack by a younger male and so it's a lone wolf 
and it's not going to live long. It won't live as long as the members of the pack because a wolf wants fresh meat. He's not getting a lot of fresh meat. He may be getting their leftovers or, or rotten meat or something. And so he's not going to live well. So men are not meant, men like to say, well, I'm a lone wolf. Well, good luck with that. You know, back in the day, the Amalekites used to hang around chasing Moses all over the desert. They would pick off the stragglers, you know. So Jesus had his pack. He had his 12 and he had his closer buddies, his three. But we're meant to be, we're meant to be in a pack. And so when you're, when you're a lone wolf, you're going to get picked off. You're going to be gone and you're not going to be as strong as you could be with brothers. And so if you don't have a brotherhood, then you get, you need two other men for it to be a brotherhood, right? Let's have coffee together. Let's have cigar and whiskey, or let's go golf together every week, or let's go hunting, but let's, you need to form that. Now, you can do that in a formal way with like with shredded fathers, or you can do that informally. But our rule basically when we get together is we don't talk about politics and we don't talk about necessarily a lot about sports. You know, uh, my friend, uh, Cowboy Priest, uh, uh, and then I know you got to go and I got to go, but uh, Father Bryce Lundgren, he's a cowboy in Wyoming. I got him to write a book called The Catholic Cowboy Way, and he wrote it and got it done into my publisher, his publisher now too. Before I finished my book, Twelve Rules for a Man and this Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? But anyway, his his he's writing in his book about if he and Zeke were out riding on the range, he said to Zeke, hey, you know what, Zeke, we need to start being a little bit more transparent and vulnerable with each other. Zeke would take off. He'd ride for the mountains. He'd ride for the next hill. But he said, if I said, you know what, we need to get more gritty and real with each other, he'd be down for that. And so that's what we need as men. We need to we need to realize to some extent we're all bozos on the same bus, you know, no one's going to be surprised that you're not perfect. And my man came, we liken it to the cave of Adullam, you know, where all the misfits gathered with David at this cave. Uh, you know, it says if they owed money to someone or they're running from the law, and I, I like to think they're maybe running from their mother-in-law too. I, I once had a mother, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But they formed each other and God formed them into the mighty men of valor. So I'll kind of close with that, that you need to, if you don't have a brotherhood, that's your, that's your fault. God's put men in your lives and you know who they are, one or two men, and you need to pursue that relationship and go deeper with these guys. Thank you for that, Bear. We're speaking with Bear Wozniak today and just he and I, two men having a conversation about what it means to be a man nowadays in a world full of liars and cowards. Where wow. have all the cowboys gone? 12 Rules for Manliness. That's Bear's new book. Uh, go check it out if that resonates with you. He gave us four or five of his chapters today. Just spoke to it. Hopefully the Holy Spirit touched you in some way and convicted you. Now it's up to you to make an effing decision and do something. Now. Now. I say now. obedience to God is always immediate. Obedience to wow. God is always immediate. Yeah, Abraham got up early. Amen to that. So if you're feeling, feeling called to a brotherhood, uh, then go check out uh, Bear Wozniak's uh, Man Cave. Bear, where can they find out more about that? Uh, uh, deepadventure.com. And like I said, I want to, want to get you on my show. I want to hear more about Shredded Fathers. Awesome. Awesome. And if, uh, you know, I resonate with you and you resonate with me, you're listening right now, you could go to shreddedfathers.com and apply for our brotherhood. And we do life, business, and faith together. We meet three times a week on Zoom. And it gets really, we get gritty and, and we get very real with each other about what we deal with as men and I give you tools and teachings that work, that get you the results you're yeah. looking for that you just yeah. don't have on your own. You don't have the right weapons. That's why you keep right. losing every daily battle. Once you yes. get the right weapons and the right warriors around you, brother, you become unstoppable. That's what you're missing right now. So Grit and grace. Grit and grace. All right, Bear Wozniak, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Go check out his book, 12 Rules for Manliness, if you're convicted to. And uh, if you're in a place right now, brother, where you've been showing up as a coward in your own life, make the switch. Become a cowboy, man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Thanks, Bear. Aloha. Thanks, Joe. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked have you tried therapy have you tried coaching have you tried counseling christian counseling nothing's worked for you for your spouse you just want better communication when you wake up do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock 
in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.